Hey everyone, uh, welcome back and good morning. Uh, it's currently almost 8 o'clock in the morning here uh, and I have a problem. Um, so this problem, um, I don't know how long it's been going on, um, but I'm glad I caught it when I did. So uh, my off-grid um, solar system that powers my home um, for most of you guys know already, I use uh, wind turbines and solar to achieve um, free power um, to power my home day in and day out. And it's been like that for years, very, very long time. So um, just yesterday, I was out there in the power shed and I have deep freezes. I have two deep freezes um, out there to hold extra food. Like say we slaughter an animal or whatever. Uh, we have the extra meat on hand. Um, plus two, it's just extra space to throw stuff in. Well, I was out there um, organizing some of the stuff in the deep freeze. And I noticed something. So underneath my Tesla batteries that I have mounted to the wall, um, I have these active balancers. And what an active balancer does is it reads the individual cells in the battery pack. So a Tesla battery pack is a technically a 6S um, battery, meaning there's going to be six um, BMS leads coming off the battery itself in order to read those individual um, packs within the big pack, right? And um, what it does is it reads those, those voltages. And if one of the packs within the pack is rising higher um, then the rest of the other packs out of the six, um, it'll take that, that power from the higher pack, um, from the, you know, from the balance leads and actually throw that power to one of the lower packs, um, in order to balance and balance them out. And let me tell you, I love an active balancer. It does an awesome job, like extremely awesome job. Um, so when I was checking in my deep freeze, I looked up and out underneath the um, active balancers is a red light and the red light should be flashing indicating that it's on and doing its job. Well, I noticed um, two of my active balancers didn't have any lights on and I was like, hmm. Now keep in mind, um, you know, I haven't really done anything with my solar system since I set it up because it's been working perfectly fine. I haven't noticed any difference in my home, right, at all. Um, but I noticed the active balancers and I was thinking, okay, the active balancers just went out, right? And I probably had them on my 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 um, Tesla batteries now for probably three or four years at least. And so I was thinking, okay, well, if you know one or two of the active balancers finally failed, no big deal. You know, just remove it and put a new one on. It's not going to affect the battery, okay? Because the only, the only thing that it does is is it takes the the higher voltage cells as far as energy-wise, that is, you know, not in balance with the rest, and it'll make sure it's balanced. And like I said, it does a great job. And that's all it does. It doesn't do anything else. Now, here's the thing. So I decided to remove those um, active balancers that finally went bad, and I was testing them, you know, going, I thought maybe something's fishy, right? I tried to test them, but they're actually dead and don't work. And that's okay. I still have the other active balancers. Now, a fun fact is I have um, these active balancers for in, for each individual batteries. And I have six Tesla batteries. And um, technically, I only need two of them 
to um, completely manage all my batteries because I have a 24, 24 volt, the, the active balancer, this is what it is, is a 24 volt, um, 24 S um, active balancer. So that means I can manage up to 24, um, you know, balance leads per active balancer that I have. And since I have six batteries, um, technically um, two balancers is more than enough to balance and, and monitor everything. Um, and so that's probably what I'm going to do. I'm going to, instead of purchasing some new ones, I'm going to rewire the balance leads to um, utilize, you know, the other um, active balancers that I still have in place. Because I still have, uh, what, four of them? Yeah, four active balancers. And technically, I only need two to run everything, you know, to manage everything. So that's not a big deal, but here's the issue. When I was removing them, I'm looking at everything and I'm like, you know what? This is a perfect time to, um, you know, take a look at everything. So I'm looking at on my phone, I have the app that connects to the active balancers <coughs> and I'm checking them and I'm like, okay, everything looks great. Like the cells are on par, like they're perfectly even, absolutely perfectly even every single one of them. But on the one of the batteries, um, I ended up moving the active balancer to where that one was one of one of the two that was broken that stopped working. And I plugged it in and you know wired it up just to check how the cells were doing, you know, that kind of stuff, just to verify it for myself. And I noticed that I had a um, 26.6 volt battery. And I'm scratching my head. I'm like, no, nah, that, that cannot be. Something is wrong. I thought it was the active balancer reading the battery voltage wrong. And it's reading the total voltage, right, of the whole battery. And I have um, these Tesla batteries wired in series. So each Tesla battery is 24 volts. But I run a 48-volt system um, or a 60-volt system. And so what I have to do is I have to wire two Tesla batteries in series in order to give me a 24, I mean, sorry, a 48 volt battery pack. So out of the six batteries that I have there, they're paired up in pairs of two to, in order to wire them all together to make a 48 volt battery bank in a hole. And that works fine. That's not a problem. But when I put the active balancer on a pair of the batteries, I noticed that I had 26.6 volts when it should not be 26.6 volts. That's scary. So I'm like, what's going on here? Why is this reading this? So I thought it was just, a, you know, maybe a, the active balancer was not correct. So I took another active balancer that was still good off one of the other batteries and I switched it over there just to verify. And sure enough, I had the same reading, 26.6 volts. I'm like, what? It cannot be. So I got concerned because lithium ion batteries are extremely dangerous if you overcharge them, okay? Now, an active balancer is not a BMS. An active balancer, all it does is, like I said, it, it, man, it balances individual um, um, series cells within the battery pack itself to make sure that the total battery pack is 100% even with itself or with the other battery next to it or whatever you have connected it all in line together. And so um, it doesn't shut off the batteries. Um, it doesn't turn them on or turn them off if the battery voltage is too high or too low. Okay. Um, so I'm like, something is weird here. So I decided, you know what? When I seen 26.6 volts, I got scared because 
obviously something is wrong. Either I have a pair of batteries that is at 26.6 volts, which is extremely scary, or something else is going on. So I started disconnecting all my wires from all my batteries because now I want to test every individual battery with my voltmeter, first of all, to verify the individual voltage of each battery. And then I put my BMS on every individual battery that wasn't connected in series now to verify what's going on. And I'm going down the line and the, the battery, the two pair, the pair of batteries that the BMS, sorry, the active balancer was telling me it was 26.6 volts. Um, those two batteries I test with the voltmeter and I found something very strange. One battery was reading 26.6 volts. I'm like, hmm. So I tested battery next to it that was essentially tied to that battery as a pair. And that battery was 19.32 volts. And I'm like, whoa, something's wrong here, right? I have a battery that's way overcharged. And I'm counting my blessings that it did not explode or catch fire or anything like that. So I'm worried about the battery that's over voltage, right? O overcharged. So what I did was I have a 24 volt um, heater that I, I purchased a long, long time ago back when I was um, using um, a lot of the extra power from my wind turbines to heat my home with a little electric heater. But this heater is very specific. It runs on 24 volt DC power. And so that's the only thing that I know that I can hook up to an individual battery pack because my the Tesla batteries are 24 volts individually that I could use to drain power down because at 26.6 volts, I need to drain power down to a safe level. So I hooked up that heater and I just let it rip. I just let that, I, basically the heater was connected di directly to only that one battery and I let it rip for about, oh man, five hours at least, at least, probably five or six hours to bring down the voltage um, to 20, I think I, I finally got it down to 23 volts, 23 point something volts. Um, but it took a long time because these batteries, the energy density holds a lot of energy. And that's why I love these lithium ion batteries. They're extremely well built as far as when it comes to taking power in, condensing and holding that power and then releasing that power when you need it. Awesome batteries. But like I said, they don't like being overcharged at all you know and so at 26.6 volts it's way overcharged the maximum voltage i should have on that at any one time i keep it at 24 volts uh, or 24.5 now technically on the spec sheet of these batteries um the the disconnect voltage that you should not go above is 25 volts okay but i was at 26.6 which i'm way above that cutoff on the high end so obviously it was too, too much power into it, too much energy. So I'm draining the power out with this um, heater element to um, this, uh, yeah, this heater in order to um, bring that voltage down, take the power out to make the battery safe. And so I, I let, like I said, I let that run for five or six hours. I'm monitoring it nonstop. I'm pretty much standing out there for hours to make sure that nothing catches fire or, you know, I'm all paranoid, right? So... Um, but nothing happened. It was all good. I was able to bring the battery voltage down to a safe level and we're good on that battery. But now we have to think about what's going on here because the battery next to it is essentially 19.32 um, and the lowest that I should take that battery um, is 
the absolute lowest cutoff is 19.80 volts. But we're at 19.32 volts, right? So we're really low. We're really low. That's almost, that's a pretty much a dead battery at that point to a certain degree. So, well, it is a dead battery. So I'm thinking, I'm scratching my head. I'm thinking, okay, so these are tied in a pair, wired in series. And I have one battery that's reading 26.6, but I have another battery that's reading 19.32 volts. Something is wrong here. And if I didn't have the active balancer in order for me to open up the app and just, you know, quickly check them, um, I would have never caught this because the system's been working fine. I haven't noticed anything. But what would happen is over time, that battery would continue taking more power than the other battery next to it. And essentially that, that battery could eventually um, catch fire, right? So I'm really, really glad that I caught this. Now, what's, what's, what's happening here, right? What's, what's causing this? What is the problem? And what is the solution? So I'm standing there and I'm looking at it and I'm thinking, okay, the battery that's overcharged that got 26.6 volts is actually a good battery. It's actually working and doing what it's supposed to do. The problem is, I believe, is I'm, I got to do some testing on it. I need a couple days to do testing on that battery that's 19.32 volts. I think that lower battery is the problem. Because remember, they're tied, they're tied in, in, in pairs, in series. So what's happening is, what's, this, this is what I'm believing, is that the battery is either bad and not taking a charge anymore. You know, it's, it's just a dead battery. And what's happening is when I'm charging my system, since that battery can still read a voltage, but can't take um, power in, that extra power is going to that other battery, which in turn is bringing up the voltage on that battery to 26.6 volts. And the lower battery is not charging at all. And it's basically just, you know, it's completing the circuit, but it's not taking a charge in. So the power has to go somewhere, right? And so if it can't go into the dead battery, it's going to go into the battery that's tied to it. And so I think that's what's happening here. I think I have a bad battery. And the bad battery is the low battery, the 19.32 volt battery. That is my, my guess at this point because I need to do testing. So what I did was I, um, after I seen that, I double checked all my batteries again to make sure and all the rest of the batteries are perfectly fine. They're all right within where they're supposed to be with each other and everything is good except for those two batteries that was tied in pair in, in a pair. So now that I have that one battery brought down on voltage by using that heat, that 24 volt DC heater, um, I, I, I'm okay. I feel safe now that that battery is to a safe level. We're good to go. Um, I checked the active balancer and all the cells within that battery is top notch in good shape. Um, they're all super, they're all in, in line with each other. So they're good. So that battery is in good shape. It's the battery that is the low battery is a problem because I try to um, hook up the active balancer to that low battery and it won't even turn on my active balancer because I want to read the individual um, series. So there's, like I said, it's a 6S battery packs, each of these Tesla batteries. I want to read each of the six lines, the, the BMS lines to see how, how off each pack is. And if it's not off and it's all good, then, you know, that's going to give me some, some data for me to process to figure out what's going on. Because if I'm able to hook up the active balancer to that battery and read the six balance leads on that battery, and I see that they're all perfectly fine within each other, 
then I'm like, oh, that gives me a, a little bit better sign that it's doing good as far as that's concerned. And then the next step would be for me to connect that one battery directly up to my charge controller, which I'll have to reconfigure because it's set up for a 48 volt system. But I can easily reset the, the charge controller and let it charge a 24 volt battery, right? So it's, it's not a big deal. I can do that easily. So that's the next step is technically I have to hook up a char my charge controller to that battery, configure it for 24 volts to charge 24 volts, and then monitor the battery, start pumping power into the battery and see if the battery voltage comes up. Okay, because I think what's happening is I think the battery voltage is too low for my active balancer to turn on. So I want to try to see if I can pump some power into it slowly. I'm going to limit the amount of power that goes into it. And I'm only going to put a, um, you know, I can limit the amperage that goes into the batteries for my charge controller. And I'm going to limit that down so that way I'm not just pumping, you know, 3,000, 4,000 watts, you know, right into that battery really hard. Because if there's an issue with the battery, I don't want it to explode on me, right? So, because um, if it can't take the power, something's up. <clears throat> so, obviously, once I hook it up, I can tell from my charge controller if it's taking power in. Because we'll see amperage being transferred. Uh, we'll also see the voltage start slowly starting to rise on the battery, meaning it's charging. Now, if it does charge up and takes a charge... And I'm actually able to finally activate the active balancer so I can read the individual balance leads in that pack. Then that's going to give me a lot of information of what's going on, right? And if I notice that if, if I'm able, I haven't done this yet, I'm, I'm, this is my plan of how to test this battery, is that if I'm able to put some juice in it to bring the battery voltage back up where I can activate the active balancer and it tells me what my balance leads are doing on this battery pack, if they're all out of whack, like they're completely out of whack, then that's really got me concerned. Then at that point, I may actually just stop charging the battery completely because something is wrong. Because I've had these active balancers on all my batteries for years now, and they keep them super in par with each other, and it does a great job. So it, it, this is a good way of, of giving the information if the battery is still good or bad, right? Now keep in mind, the active balancer didn't do this to any of the batteries. The active balancer is actually what's giving me the data and the information that I need to address to see what's really happening with the battery itself. So that's kind of where I'm at right now with this one Tesla battery. I don't know. It just seems very odd that, you know, because they're remember, they're wired in pairs and they're wired in series. And all my other batteries, all other five, I have six Tesla batteries, all other five batteries, including the one that was over voltage, is all good. All good, except for that one battery. So I need to be careful about testing it because I, you know, I don't want problems. But um, I do need to try to charge that battery independently by itself, bring that battery voltage up slowly, and and see if it even comes up. If it doesn't come up in voltage or amperage or doesn't take any amperage at all, um, then the battery is shot and it's dead, and I need to pull it off the wall completely and just get rid of the battery and replace it. Okay, and that's no problem, not a problem at all. But if it does take a charge, voltage-wise and amperage-wise, and I see the battery voltage climbing, and I can get the battery voltage high enough to where the active balancer will activate again, and I can read those cells, and if all the cells are even with each other, then that gives me a better sign that this battery is okay in a certain sense, right? It may not be 100% like good, but it might be on its way out. You know, maybe it's finally 
going out. Now, keep in mind that this battery that I'm talking about right now, I remember when I purchased my batteries, I had to purchase them from different um, companies because at that time, the companies I was purchasing from didn't have like a total of six batteries that I needed, right? So I had to buy from, I think it was either two or three different um, companies and have the battery shipped in. And that battery that we're talking about right now, that the battery might be a problem. Um, I remember when I first got the batteries in, that battery, when I got it, when I tested it, it was at a low voltage. And I remember that because it was out of place. Like I'm testing all my batteries because they're also arriving and I'm mounting them to the wall, getting everything ready. And I'm testing that battery. I'm like, whoa, this battery is way lower, right? And so what I did initially was I actually hooked that battery up independently to my charge controller for my solar system and I charged that battery up to match the other batteries. Um, that way when I hooked them all up, they were all even. I didn't want one battery to be like three, you know, two or three volts or one volt lower than the other batteries. I want them to be all the same when I connect them so that where they're starting off close to each other, if not all the same. And so um, I did notice that battery had an issue, but I charged it up and it took a charge back then and it was doing fine. But then now that I see this problem, I don't know how long this problem has been persisting because obviously the battery, I don't believe is taking a charge anymore or not taking much of a charge. And most of the power is going to the battery. It's connected to it, you know, in series. So what I did for now is because my system is wired in, in pairs to make 48 volt, I can still run my house. I can disconnect those two batteries. And I can still run my house because I have the other four batteries that's still wired in, you know, the pairs are wired in series. So essentially I have two um, 48 volt battery packs tied together as one big battery bank, right? And if the other two were working, the ones that were giving me trouble, then that would mean I would have three um, 48 volt battery packs tied into one big battery bank, if that makes any sense. So I can still run my house, no problem, TVs are on, lights are on, and there's still a ton of juice in those other batteries, like as far as, uh, you know, just running on four Tesla batteries for my home, um, it's not a problem at all, not a problem at all. Um, so having these two batteries down, well, technically there's only one battery, you know, giving me the issue, but technically it's two batteries because they have to be wired in series, right, in a pair. So if one battery goes down, that means I have to remove the battery that's next to it, you know. Um, so yeah, I'm running on four Tesla batteries now. Um, yeah, and I'm actually watching my solar system too right now. I have, um, it's connected through the internet on my computer and we are pumping in. It's early in the morning. The sun is still peaking, still trying to come up in the sky. We're producing about 1800 Watts right now. Um, once the sun comes up a little bit higher, we'll start really cranking out some power and charging these four batteries. Um, now here's the thing now obviously because I have less batteries in my battery bank My solar system will, my battery system now will charge a lot faster because it's it's got less batteries to pump the power into right? So the adverse effect is yeah, I'll have my other batteries charged way faster Which means my dump load for my biogas digester the heater element will turn on a lot earlier in the day and start heating more more through the day because I have all this extra power that, that I want to send somewhere, right? So, yeah. I, I, and you know the thing is, is that when I, when I was testing the battery, I, 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 something came to my, my memory and I'm like, wait a minute. I remember when I got this battery in, when I tested it, it was low to begin with. 
And I remember I had to um, wire up my charge controller in order to charge that battery up and get it up to where it needed to be. And then I hooked everything up, put the active balances on, and everything was working good for a while um, until I started noticing something going on just, um, you know, yesterday, actually. So, yeah, um, that's a scary moment, you guys. Uh, let me explain, because that one battery that was 26.6 volts, oh, scared the hell out of me. <laughs> scared the hell out of me. Because, like I said, it was overcharged. It's like, try imagine you going to a gas pump and you have the gas nozzle in your car and your, and your tank gets finally full. But you, you keep squeezing that nozzle and you keep trying to pump that gas into your gas tank. But it can't take it. What's going to happen? It's going to shoot out backwards on you and, sp and spill out on the side of your car and onto the ground, onto the concrete ground, right? Because the, the gas tank is full. There's no other place to put the gas, so it has to come out somewhere. And that's the same theory with like Tesla um, lithium-ion batteries. They can only take so much in before something bad happens, right? So, yeah, it took about five or six hours to bring that battery down. Um, but at least it's down now, and I've been monitoring it. It's good. I, I think what's happening is it's just that one bad battery is not soaking in the power and it's being transferred to the other battery, which in turn is bringing the voltage up. Um, so we're safe on that battery now. We're good. It's just, I have one battery that I believe is just dead. I think it's dead. <coughs> so, <clears throat> and if it is dead, then I'll have to pull it out of the wall, pull it off the wall and um, I'll have to purchase another battery, have it shipped in again uh, and then mount it to the wall. Um, so, Yeah. But yeah, I just want to share my experience with you guys. Um, you know, be careful with your systems. Always pay attention to things, you know. Um, yeah, you want to be, you know, on par with your system, guys. Especially when you have lithium-ion batteries tied into your systems. Because <laughs> let me tell you, if that was to catch fire, because all the batteries are next to them, it would, one battery would catch fire, then the next battery would catch fire, and it's just a chain reaction where they all start catching fire. And you can't just put them out with water. You cannot spray water on them to put the fire out, right? They create the lithium-ion batteries when they burn. It's like they create their own oxygen in their environment of burning. And so by spraying water on it, it won't really do anything. You basically have to wait for the battery to burn itself out before you can even attempt to start trying to put it out, you know? And then in the meantime, you got batteries shooting like rockets all over the place and, oh my God, an inferno. <laughs> right so oh my goodness and not to mention that if it was to catch the building my power shed on fire all the grass around it would catch on fire because i can't be near the fire because it's going to be so hot and so crazy that's going to start burning the grass and then the the next thing you know i catch the pasture on fire the next thing you know my house burns and then neighbors houses burn and this is the worst case scenario right we don't want this to happen uh-uh uh-uh not at all so <laughs> Pay attention to your stuff, guys, you know, and I'll be the first one to admit I've been tied up with all these other projects and things going on in my life that, you know, the system's working fine. I haven't noticed anything and I've been neglecting the fact to actually, you know, just do some maintenance on my system and the maintenance is really just checking my, my meters, you know, checking the active balancer. I have the app, but the only thing is the app only connects via Bluetooth. There's no Wi-Fi. So for me to check it, I have to be next to the batteries, turn the app on, 
and then I'm able to read the battery's cells and the voltages and all that good stuff, right? So it's not like I can just monitor that part anywhere. I wish I could, and I'm thinking about maybe even changing out to a different style of active balancer that can connect to a Wi-Fi, because then I'll know what I can, you know, monitor it from time to time more easily, you know, because there is times when I'm not at my off-grid my, my off um, house for a long time sometimes, sometimes, you know, um, a month, you know, or more sometimes because I'm doing all kinds of other things. And so, you know, it'd be nice to be able to monitor that remotely from anywhere, you know. That's the only thing I haven't figured out yet. I need to, you know, look into and, you know, do some research on on that. But obviously, if I'm if I'm next to it, I can connect to it Bluetooth-wise, and I can read what's happening. And that's what ended up setting off this whole event was I connected to it because I noticed the light wasn't on. And I'm like, wait a minute. And I turn on the app, and I'm like, whoa, wait, one of these is reading 26-something volts? What? You know, and then that's when my alarm bells start going off and my concerns. So, <laughs> uh, another thing is I may be actually removing my Tesla batteries off the wall. I might actually make a tray to hold them. Um, the reason for it is because um, back when we had that big um, fire, that massive fire that, you know, it engulfed probably like 20 something thousand acres and burned the back of our ranch that's why we're still like dealing with fixing fence um i remember when i had to like leave my home i came to my home with my trailers and i loaded up all the valuable stuff that i could load up to get out of here you know because the fire was coming towards my home slowly and so i packed up as much as i could but the one thing i was not able to pack up or even touch was the off-grid system the all the tesla batteries the charge controllers the inverters you know all that good stuff that's in there i was not able to touch because it's a lot harder to remove them you know it was going to be i was you know when you're frantic trying to just pack up all your stuff and, and get out of the way for a fire you know time is a, is of an essence and that was kind of a wake-up call back then that maybe i should remove the batteries off my wall and put them onto a rack system that way, if there's an issue, I can easily just go ahead and, you know, unbolt the, the positive and negatives on the batteries real quick. And I can just lift the batteries up and, you know, take them wherever I want. Not where I'm going to have to move all my deep freezes out of the way, get ladders, go up there and start unbolting every battery and unwind. You know, it's just a process, right? And it's and a lot of energy and time consuming in order to, because it was time consuming and a lot of energy to put them on the wall. And to take them off is the same thing. Because they're not light batteries, they're heavy batteries. So with that said, um, I you know that fire that we had a long time ago, which we did not cause, just to let you know, <laughs> um, that you know it got me thinking that I should put the batteries on a rack system where it's you know sitting you know at maybe waist height or whatever. Um, that way I can easily disconnect batteries if I ever have this issue in the future with um, you know wildfires or whatever is happening. That way I can save my investment because those Tesla batteries are extremely expensive, right? You know, in the thousands of dollars. And so if I could at least remove my batteries, just the batteries themselves, you know, and I needed the money and I was in a crunch or something happened. I have a bartering tool. I have something that I can set up on my next home or I can sell it if I need the money. You know, it's an asset, you know, and so... Yeah, I'm thinking about putting it on a rack system. Um, that way I can, you know, deal with the batteries more efficiently if I need to. 
Because like right now, for me to remove that one battery that is on, on the, you know, the low voltage battery um, is an ordeal. I have to move all the deep free, unplug all the deep freezes. And keep in mind, the deep freezes are filled up with food. So it's heavy. So I have to move the two deep freezes out of the way, get a small ladder. And also I need an extra pair of hands because the battery is so heavy. That way I can delicately remove them from the wall without causing any issues or problems. So, yeah. I definitely need to um, put them on a rack system that's, you know, more maybe waist height or whatever. So, but yeah, um, I'm not going to test that battery today. I have other things to go, going on, but the battery, those two batteries are obviously disconnected for now. And I'm running on the other four batteries, which I tested and double checked and they're all good and perfect. So, um, yeah, maybe later on, on the next day or two or a few days when I get some time. I'll go ahead and start testing that bad battery that's at low voltage and see what happens. And I'll definitely update you guys on that battery. But I do think that battery is bad. And I do think the battery is not taking a charge. In if, probably not taking a charge in at all anymore. And if it is, it's only taking in a very small amount of energy. You know, that's my consensus. But we have to do some testing to find out the facts more. So... Anyway, guys, thanks for tuning in, and I'll see you guys on the next one.